Meg says something that I found really entertaining, where Hades is so mad that he's, like, uh, shooting pots with Hercules' face on him, and she says, nice shooting Rex. And it took me a second, but I was like, that's what you would say if you wanted to say nice shooting Tex, but you know that Texas doesn't exist. And mm-hmm. Rex is Greek, it works! Yeah, it's, it's like, it's the, it's the equivalent of, like, hey, good going, King. Welcome to Direct-to-Video VHS. VHS? A podcast where we pair movies like fine wine. Mm-hmm. I am your host, Tony Robusto. And I am your host, Andy Reyes. Andy, what did we watch this week? This week. Today. <laughs> this time. We watched... I never know how to say that. The Inimitable Hercules. That's not the name. It's just Hercules. It's just Hercules. Nineteen ninety-seven. It's not the inimitable Hercules. That would be a yeah. wild name for a children's cartoon. <laughs> um, it does sound like it could be like one of those like twenties or thirties like black and white Hercules movies, you know, that they made back in the yeah, day. Yeah, where it's just like a muscly guy, you know, punches a gorgon or whatever. Um, but yeah, we watched the the thirty-fifth disney animated feature film the beginning of the end as it were of the renaissance yeah this was i mean this is probably the touchstone for that would you where would you say the end of the end was lilo and stitch i you know i don't i think it's tough i don't think i don't think disney ever really recovered most people agree that tarzan is like was the last big movie during the renaissance so Fart I think for Tarzan, yeah, probably the comeback for me, probably not until the princess and the frog. Honestly, you could argue for like meet the Robinsons or bolt, but I just don't think those movies are that good. I also feel like those feel like a different generation of movie. Like they're not trying to do the same thing. They're, mm-hmm. they're moving in a different direction. Those are the Disney movies that are technically Disney movies, but feel like Pixar movies. So I never know yes. what to do with those. Bolt feels like Toy Story, you know? This this movie also feels like it's trying to go in a different direction. Well, it has to go the distance, Andy. Oh, really? <laughs> this movie is going in every direction. It's kind of a mess in a way that I really like for the identity of this movie. And Like, I think that this movie works by being a giant mess um, in mm-hmm, almost mm-hmm. the same way that um, Emperor's New Groove does. Okay. Emperor's New Groove was such a mess that they fundamentally made a different movie from when they were starting. But Hercules is like, we start it like it's gonna be a story, like a, like a spin of Hercules. And as we go on, we're like, oh no, this is a spin of Superman. And then as soon as it's a Mm -hmm. spin of Superman, it starts to instead be Rocky. And it's like, (laughs) yeah. It's like it's it's everywhere. And I I don't know, I quite enjoy it. I think it's probably that Hades brings the whole thing together. Uh there is a weird through line of this movie where Hades, Phil, and Meg all kind of speak in this same language that is like, I am tired of life and just burnt out and nothing really matters. And there's Hercules, who is like Superman, right? 
who's just like, well, I'm the best of everything, and I'm the nicest guy ever. And he wins two of them over and beats the other one, you know? I don't know. It it does. It feels like, I definitely think that like Hades, Meg and Phil all have like the mannerisms of like, it, they feel like they're in like death of a salesman or something like they don't feel like they're in this movie, but, and, and I, I agree with I, everything you that's, said, but that's it the doesn't weird thing about me. this movie though. That's like oddly in my, in my mind, like why it works. It's cause at one point they go to Thebes, I think. They go to like Thebes and they're and they're like, this is New York. This is just New York, but like we're gonna treat it like it's New York, but it's Thebes. You know, they call it like the mm-hmm. what do they call it? The big The big olive. olive. The big olive, yes. And it's like, okay, that's that's the shorthand that it, to my mind like makes Meg make sense. Like, you know how Timon talks like he's from New York and it's never explained and it doesn't make any sense, but you kinda have to go with it because it's just Timon. Uh Yeah. I just don't think it works for me. Okay. Well I I really bounced off of it. And I get what you're saying about Timon, but like Timon is a talking animal. (laughs) And these are people in what is supposed to be a historical location. I know I know that Hercules is fiction and fake. I have no I I, this wasn't one of my movies when I was a kid. I never really watched Hercules. I like the songs. I know the songs because they would like the songs would play a lot. They get a lot of playtime feel oddly disparate from the rest of this movie that is something i'll say mm-hmm. they are really they're like they're it's gospel music well like, okay um, wait, wait, wait. well no, no no that's not what i mean because i don't mean i don't mean the ones the ones that i feel like work best and they all work really well yes but i think that well, for i think that for instance Go the distance, and I won't say I'm in love, feel so heartfelt for those characters in a way that the movie is not asking of them. Uh, Mm -hmm. And again, it's sort of that disparate thing that I kind of feel like it works almost because it doesn't work. And meanwhile, the songs that the muses sing feel like they are part of the movie, the part of the world of the movie. Yeah, I mean, well, they're they're the framing device because I don't know because like we're introduced to this world w- by the muses. I mm-hmm. I in, I don't think they could feel apart because they feel more like what this movie is supposed to be than most of this movie feels uh-huh. for me. Um, and so I actually I I really like I won't say I'm in love because I like uh, I like the muses okay, being stop. there. Hold yes. up. I, I do want to mention something. I don't want to don't get it twisted. I would Simon Love is an amazing song. It is it the might best be song in this movie. I think it might be the best song in this movie. Um and I, uh, as well, I was watching it this time, I was like, I really love the idea that the muses are actually always singing back up to you personally when you're singing, yeah. but you never notice. <laughs> no, it it's fantastic because they're they are and they are they play the role of her of her um of her subconscious, right? They are, uh-huh. they are, they're, she's saying like, cause I think a lot of people really like this song because they're, they, they think of it as like a stick it to the man song, but this is a, this is a, lo- this is a love song. Oh, it's <laughs> like, absolutely a love song. 
And and I, I know a lot of people try to play it as not that for some reason. Like, I've seen stuff on the internet that I just don't care for. But, like... I won't say I'm in love is so explicitly something you say when you're in love. <laughs> exactly. And the, the fact that she says this and the muses are there to be like... Like, come on, we, we, we're like ethereal narrative beings. We can see what's really in your heart. Um, it works. It works really well, but also because it's the muses, it ties that song in to like the rest of the musical oeuvre of the mm-hmm. film in a way that go the distance just kind of doesn't. Um, it, 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 it kind of stands alone and I think is really bad on top of that. Wow, um, this is this is such a wild take. This is exactly what happened when you started railing against uh it's not someday. What the hell is the name of that song? <laughs> From uh Notre Someday's Dame. Someday's the one they cut. Yeah. God help the outcasts. God help the outcasts. Yeah. I I think I was a little too hard on on that song. I had a lot of other feelings that I was feeling. That that were the reason why I just didn't enjoy it. I straight up think that Go the Distance is a bad song. This um, is wild. This is l- just lyrically, compositionally, it might be the worst thing Alan Menken has ever done. This is such a weird take. Particularly because probably the worst thing Alan Menken has ever done was the 22nd song where it's in in uh in the Tangled series where it sounds like it's going to turn into a song and then it just doesn't it just doesn't and they put it on a CD for some reason <laughs> and you think to yourself oh maybe I'll actually get to listen to what this song was supposed to be absolutely oh, not oh this is what it was supposed to be <laughs> actually i take that back cuz there's also a Gallivant song like that uh i don't like when the joke of a song is that you don't get to hear the song for sure Maybe maybe I'm also being a little hard on this song. Maybe. But <laughs> I think part of the reason song. it's so funny. <laughs> I think part of the reason why it doesn't work stems from the fact that I just don't think Hercules works as a character in this film. That is interesting and we'll talk about it because I think Hercules has maybe the most earned low point of any like teenager outcast character that I've ever seen. <laughs> mhm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because he's basically like a bomb that just yeah. blew up everything, but he's also just some guy who doesn't want to blow up everything. Maybe it helps this is like I don't out like I don't even know how many times I've seen this movie. You know, maybe it helps that I've seen it so many times. Mm-hmm. And that, so I can, like, sort of watch myself seeing it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I can, like, have a second thought and third thought about it as I'm watching it. Like, in the beginning, as soon as it started being a Superman movie, I was, like, comparing it to what I know of Superman. Superman. And I was like, an interesting idea is that everybody from the town that Superman comes from fucking knows this is Superman. Because he's just, like, a really awkward, very strong child. (laughs) Just like smashing into everything. I guess what it is for me is that it just doesn't, it doesn't read to me as, uh, as, as authentic. I get that like in, in the fiction of this story, Hercules is this like really strong dude and, and he's kind of clumsy, but like he's, he, he, they live on a farm, like for all of the stuff he breaks, does everyone really give a shit that much? I just, he destroyed like an entire building. 
that had all of the market in it. Yeah, but like, I don't know. It just, he's such a nice dude, right? He's so polite and so unassuming. And I just, and but also like once Hercules stops being a teenager, he no longer has any internalization in the fiction. And we'll, we're going to talk about that later. But like, I think Hercules is like, turn for me works better when he hits phil right like Mm. that feels more like i am a walking bomb that could go off at any second and i hurt my friend by accident that feels more real to me than than just a bunch of people walking around and yelling at hercules that he's a fucking freak right like it's just it's so like 80s high school drama for no reason would your um, issue with this movie be that there is a montage where he becomes good at using all of his powers, and then that's not, like, an issue for him for the rest of the movie? I mean, he stops being- he pretty much stops being a character after that, because he's achieved his goal. <laughs> I mean, he he's sort of the, um- God, what's, what's the word for this? He's, like, the central point that the entire story has to revolve around. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a pivot- yeah, he's 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 just like sucking in all of the other characters with his like mm-hmm. big niceness. He reminds me a little bit of I don't know how much Discworld you've read. Mm-hmm. Uh but he reminds me a little bit of Carrot. Oh yeah. Um there is one of the later books, there is a rival for his girlfriend's affections and carrot treats this rival very nicely the whole time and at the end of the book the rival dies and his girlfriend is like i know he didn't plan for that person to die but it felt inevitable (laughs) like because he always gets his way because like everything revolves around him just by him being here i don't know It it is interesting to think of like this is what a demigod is they just walk in and everything is complicated because of it. I will say that yeah. I do feel like the you're you're the the character that as at least as an adult that I feel like I had my eye on most that was like most my emotional through line in the movie was Phil. Because Phil had mm-hmm. like he has this this goal that he wants to achieve. And this mm-hmm. history that if you examine it at all is horrifying. Mm-hmm. There are two separate points where he thinks Hercules is dead, and he is so yeah. devastated. And I just had a moment where I was like, oh, he's seen so many kids die. Because mm-hmm. he's a trainer of failed heroes, and there's no hero that is, like, above 30. Like, <laughs> Yes, that is true. Heroes are like, uh, uh, they're like a rock star. <laughs> they die at 27. And it's like, it's that is that is so awful for this character. Uh, but they never make it explicit, you know? It's just, like, but it's something that you have to read into. It's also kind of hard, I, and maybe maybe part of the problem is, is I know too much about Greek mythology. Maybe, actually, and I think I'm going to say this because I think it's true, maybe part of the problem is, is I know more about Greek mythology than anybody who worked on this movie did. That is probably not true. I bet you they just ignored a lot of it. Like, I bet you that they read about Greek mythology and was like, well, this is how I'm going to make a character design for Ares, and then <laughs> moved uh, on. Uh, so, because, well, part of it is, to me, is like, all of these guys that Phil is pointing at, with the exception with the exception of Achilles, become gods. 
Okay, like, so here's the, here's the thing about that. The plate that he has with Perseus on it, Perseus is getting the absolute shit beaten out of him by a Minotaur. And so I think you have to assume that this is a different version of ancient Greece where Perseus got the shit sure. beaten out of him by a Minotaur. Uh, because that's something, again, that I only noticed on this watch, but it made it – yeah. It kind of made Phil click for me, which is like, oh, this is a version where maybe Odysseus never got home. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Phil has like a piece of the Argo and it's like, well, what happened to the fucking Argonauts? What happened to the rest of them? No, I I get what you're saying. But like one, that that bit is that bit's played for a joke. It's not none of this is really played as serious. Even even um, even Achilles, he's like, oh, and and his dumb little heel. But and then the statue breaks and it's like this movie is like, but then he does jokes beat the shit out of somebody who says something yes, mean yes, about achilles and it's like phil has some some feelings about this that he just will not tell you about but no it's not that no no phil has feelings about this that the movie just doesn't give a shit about right like the thing is is that the movie i think yes, that's the movie fair. Has- it's, it's a comedy movie it, it, it this this movie does not do what like mulan does or lion mm-hmm. king yes, does yes exactly where they're like we're going to deal with the drama of this situation because, like, this is a horrible situation. It's just like, technically, this would be a horrible situation, but this is a silly movie. So instead, we're going to show that Hercules has a drink. And it, 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 they, they, they constantly, constantly compromise their characters and their drama for the sake of a joke. And I would be okay with that if this movie was funny. Parts of the because, movie are but, funny. But, but 90% of this movie isn't funny. I think everything Hades says is funny. I wouldn't say everything, but no, and I'm, I want, I, like, Hades needs to get, like, his own time, because he is such a good character. When he's like, I'm gonna kill Zeus, that's fucking hilarious. That is pretty funny. <laughs> it's pretty um, fucking good. It's good. I, I just think that, like, Emperor's New Groove I can't think of a joke in that movie that doesn't land or doesn't play, right? Like, every single bit, line aside, all of it, it, like, it, it's perfect. It's almost like a perfect setup, pitch, landing, and then later in the movie, callback, in a way that is kind of impressive for how fucked up the production of that movie was. Yeah, that is a very funny movie for how bad the production was. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying the- to think of a movie that, of a joke that didn't land. Maybe something <laughs> the kids said. Maybe something the kids said, but like this movie and like I'm going to talk about the production of this movie later because it's also kind of fucked for different reasons. But like this movie, like at its funniest is nowhere near as funny as that movie is. And 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 again, like they're compromising so much of the drama for it that I just end up getting annoyed. Like they they hit me with so many jokes that before I have time to really like even figure out what it is that they're doing. They're hitting me with another one. And then that one's not funny. And it's like, Oh, cool. So like, I, I just have to sit here and go, well, you know, I'm just annoyed. I'm just annoyed for most of the movie. Like, cause it, it feels like it keeps interrupting itself for another bit. I will also argue that most of what Meg says is funny. No, Meg also is a character that deserves their own amount of time because Meg is the best character in this movie to me. She was my emotional through line. Pain and panic um, might not be funny, though. <laughs> they, oh, they are. I I know you hate the gargoyles. 
Oh, you are not about to make this comparison. Pain and Panic are better than the Gargoyles. At least they're in this movie and not a very serious movie. <laughs> I guess that's fair. But to, to me, the only reason they weren't as bad as the Gargoyles is because the rest of the movie was also as bad as the Gargoyles for me. That Andy, that is a huge reason, though. <laughs> like, that is so massive. That, like, this is a silly movie, and so you just, like, it's okay to have dumb shit characters. Yeah, but it's not good. <laughs> but it's not good, though. It's not a good silly movie. This is su- this is such a take. Anyway, <laughs> do we actually want to talk about the movie? <laughs> uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about this movie. So, Zeus and Hera, everyone's favorite loving parents of... Of a Mount Olympus. A very, a very funny take on Zeus and Hera. If you know anything about Zeus and Hera, really. Um, oh, they... they- <laughs> I do want to mention one thing. Like, right at the top. Everyone in this movie looks fucking weird. Yes. Every character design in this movie is so different from every other character design in this movie. And I, I actually really enjoy that. But it is... It is odd. Like, it is odd to look at Zeus standing next to Hera and lady, and later, like, see Meg. And all the all the muses are actually so, like, simply drawn that they look really weird next to, like, the very complicated, complicated. other characters. And it's, like, yeah. it's kind of fascinating. The main players of this movie, I think, are pretty well designed. I think Hades looks great. I, I'm, like, of two minds with this art style because, one... It doesn't ever come together. Like, there, there is no point in this movie in which I feel like, oh, okay, we are, like, we have hit an art style. No, because you know the last moment I had the thought of, like, man, these character designs are weird is when the Cyclops shows up. Oh, and my he's God. Like, he is, like, Disgusting. S- just, like, folds and folds of, like, skin and maybe muscle and fat, just, like, all on top of each other. And... He looks like Baron Harkonnen. And he is, like, standing across from Hercules, who just is, you know, so sculpted. And it's, like, so weird. It's it, And then, you know, beats the shit out of him. Uh, spoilers. but Comically. Semi-comically. He's having fun. This is supposed to be the low point for the character. But anyway. Uh, sorry. So just the gods look weird. The gods look weird and sort of interesting ways i think i like it some of them really work for me um i think like like athena looks great apollo looks good and then some of them i'm just like like aries i'm just like i don't what is this what are you doing here why does this guy look like he fucking walked in from a mickey mouse cartoon i do kind of wish that there was like and i think they might look so weird so that you so that even though they don't have, like, any speaking roles, you can pick them out of a lineup. Mm-hmm. It's like, you see Athena, and you're like, okay, that's Athena. This red guy with the helmet must be Ares, I guess. Like, that's, I think that's why. Because, like, you never, they never do anything. But it's still, it's still an I guess, right? Like, that's, and that's the thing is, is like, like, one of the things that really hits me is, like, uh, there is a shot in this movie where we do get a lineup of all the gods when, um... Like at the end. The gates of Olympus close. Oh, yeah. There's mm-hmm. one at the end, too. And I was immediately reminded of the end of Lilo and Stitch, 
when we see like these fucked up aliens standing next to normal human beings. But in Lilo and Stitch, it works. They're Ohana, right? They are family. (laughs) They look like they belong in the same movie. And in this, I'm looking at it and I'm like, this feels like this feels like a like a 13 year old's fan art project. The point of them might be to make the gods seem so otherworldly that like, no, these don't belong on earth mm-hmm. on reality even even baby hercules looks this is the weirdest hercules will look <laughs> this is the buffest baby i've ever seen in my life i have never looked at a baby and thought that baby's buff as hell but baby hercules he's a super buff baby uh, he's got the dorito he's got like a dorito torso he he's does. a baby he's got the <laughs> babies don't look like that <laughs> babies aren't nacho cheese flavored but then when he becomes mortal and grows into his normal body he looks like a human Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i don't know if that's on purpose or they're just like we want to make this baby look super buff i want to take a quick aside when hercules gets stolen and hera is like crying at his crib that is unintentionally like the funniest animation i've it was so funny to me the way they animated her hair um I don't know. Just what I noted about that was I was like, oh, I think this is the last time Hera's going to speak. Uh, I was wrong. She speaks at the end. She gets one more line. I think. She gets one. She gets to be like, welcome home, son. Or we're proud of you. Yeah, something like that. It's one just of like, those things. it is so funny. And I, I do believe both his, his, his mother and his adopted parents basically get like a couple lines and then that's it and they never speak again and i do believe that is because of superman yeah no they are absolutely like that's ma and pa kent for days right that's ma and pa kent after this part of the story they don't matter anymore he leaves yeah like he goes to metropolis and in superman i don't know if you watched the old superman oh you know i did okay so you know that he interacts with, like, a hologram of his dad. Yes. Which, like, m- mirrors when Hercules meets Zeus. But he Zeus. never interacts with his mom. Like, she... Because I, I guess probably his dad was the scientist and so made the hologram. Although it seems a little rude if you think about it. <laughs> so, like, in that same way, Hera does not matter. <laughs> Uh, in the new movies, it's worse because in the new movies, they are both scientists. And his dad was just like, no, only me, though. He doesn't need a mom. Uh, it's just so fucked up. Um, the No, I, I, I think it's just because they didn't know what to do with Hera. Right? Because like Hera in the original myth is, is the enemy. Because, well, the other thing I thought was funny was... Phil does not believe that he's the son of Zeus. And I was like, okay, so this is a version of Zeus who has not put his dick in everything. I feel, dude, in like, right, exactly. Like, anybody with, like, two cents in a dream should be able to walk up and be like, I'm the son of Zeus. It's like, yeah, get in line, buddy. Like, we're all the son of Zeus here. That would have been a funny joke if they'd have put that in the movie. I don't think it, the idea of Hercules having a million step-siblings will ever be played with, which is too bad. Half-siblings, excuse me. Uh, anyway, they 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 do a bit of a um, Sleeping Beauty thing, where they're like, here's our new baby, everybody come celebrate this new baby. And the bad guy shows up, except in this time, this time Hades was invited, 
Unlike Maleficent. And they didn't expect him to show up. They didn't expect him to show up, but they sent the invitation. Zeus mm-hmm. does not realize that he's a piece of shit. And what I mean I is that Zeus doesn't realize this. that Zeus is a piece of shit. <laughs> I, like- I love because um, Hades is funny. Like Hades is funny. And uh-huh. every time he gives a joke, the other gods are just like, why are you so weird? <laughs> right. And then Zeus makes this terrible joke. A dad um, joke, if I've ever heard one. Yeah, he says something like, um, something about deadlines or something. You're like, gotta meet a deadline. Work yourself to death? Work yourself to death. And then he bursts out laughing because he's like, oh, I didn't even realize work yourself to death. Ha ha. And everybody starts laughing. And it's like, that's not funny. Hades is right to hate you. <laughs> it's good. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the world of this movie would probably be worse if Hades conquered Olympus, because he is running the underworld poorly. Mm-hmm. But I can understand from his point of view why he's like, I gotta fucking kill Zeus. I'm so tired of Zeus. I, Fuck this guy. I hate this guy so much. I think he would have been happy if he could just kill Zeus, right? And like, yeah. like, yeah, I still have to run the underworld, but you know who else is down here? My fucking brother who sucks. Who might not be his brother in this. I feel like they don't say that. Which is weird. So Hades conspires with his little demons. Pain and... Oh, excuse me. Uh, I want to talk about the the fates. Fates. For oh, a second. the fates. Well, they introduce our movie. Well, no, the fates, not the muses. Oh, sorry, the fates. Yes, 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 yes. So the not fates... The yeah. The fates are these three old crones who actually look like corpses. Yes. Uh, who share one eye, which I do not know if that's in the original. I think it might be. Thing, but like, it's a cool thing for them to have brought over. Because at one point they drop the eye and Hades has to like pick it up and pull the pull the like dust off, give it back. The fates tell Hades that he can conquer Olympus but only if Hercules isn't there to stop him. So Hades is like, okay, I just have to kill Hercules. And so, yeah, he gets pain and panic to do it. He's got this potion. Yes. And it's never explained where he got this potion. What a Buckwild potion to have. As a god, it's like, (laughs) this is such a weird pull. You remember in Van Helsing? Oh my god. You remember in Van Helsing when Dracula kept turning people into werewolves despite the fact that the only thing that could kill him is werewolves? Is a werewolf? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it's like, just stop it with the werewolves, man. <laughs> just If you just didn't make werewolves, this wouldn't be a problem for you. So Hades has a bottle of potion that if you f- give it to a god... Hi, listener. This is Tony from the future. My... Sound started cutting out here, so let me summarize what we said. Uh, Hercules drinks the potion, and it makes him mortal. He ends up adopted by a mortal couple, and Hades thinks he's dead, despite being the lord of the underworld. Okay, back to the show. Zeus found Hercules. Like, he sent all the gods out to look for Hercules. He finds Hercules, but Hercules is mortal, so he can't come live on Olympus, so Zeus has to, like... fate worse than death. (laughs) Well, I mean, technically he'll he'll then die. So, I mean, it would suck if you're a god and you like, now you know you're going to outlive this kid. So Zeus knows, and there's no way that Hades doesn't. Like, 
surely he should keep his finger on the pulse a little bit, right? Yeah, for sure, right? This is the thing that could interrupt his plans, and he just forgets about it for eight years or for 18 years. I was going to say 18 years, yeah. I can't imagine. The, the, again, and it's just, it, this is, this kind of go, this is kind of an integral problem to this movie where things happen not because of any like sort of internal plot logic, but because we got to move on to the next part of the story. Like we can't, Hades can't know because when Hades finds out, Hades is going to try to kill him. So he's just not going to know. But that seems so weird because he could have known and not tried to kill him because he would have also known that Zeus was looking out for him. Yeah. Like, if there was just a scene where he tried to send, like, a monster after Hercules and it was, like, struck by lightning, he would have been like, well, I guess I have to wait. Or even if he was just like, you know, I'll kill a baby, but I'm not going to kill a kid because that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) That would be so funny. That would be such a line to draw. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... I don't move goalposts. I just have them in weird places, guys. All right. Come on. But that's the problem. I think a big problem with this movie is like this movie feels so disjointed plot wise. And it really does feel like like it's a writer's job to figure this stuff out. And they just didn't figure it out. They just were like, oh, we'll just move on to the next part. To be fair to your point, even though at a certain level, I do disagree with it. I don't think that the people who made this movie really wanted to that badly. Oh, they did not. <laughs> so, I, like I said, I have so much information about the production of this movie that I cannot wait to tell you. But yes, they did not give a shit about so it. So I think you're probably a bit right, where they're just like, okay, and then the next thing happens. I think that's why it is such a riff off of like Superman and Rocky, mm-hmm. because you can take shortcuts where it's just like, then the thing that happens in Superman happens. So... Hercules, uh, he ends up being adopted by these two farmers... A fate worse than death. <laughs> the farmers. It is. There They're is, nice. There is They're good parents. never the implication that he has anything but like the happiest childhood, except for the fact that he can destroy anything by accident. Uh, mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. is really sad about the idea of leaving his parents. And then later in a montage, he will set them up in a mansion. And it's like, okay. Yeah. You know, Superman never did that for his parents. He didn't. But I think Superman just lived in an apartment, too. Although he also has a fortress of solitude. And here's kind of the thing about Teenage Hercules that really gets me. Teenage Hercules. So Teenage Hercules gets his I want song here going the distance. He wants to he wants to belong. Mm -hmm. He feels like like his his humble little farm life is it is not supposed to be his life or whatever and that he's destined for greater things and he doesn't know what yet i don't even think that's it because i think fundamentally it's basically that he wants a friend and you could argue that this is a problem in this movie because almost immediately after he sings this song he does get a friend I think go the distance. The point of it is to just convey this like loneliness of like, yeah, his parents care mm-hmm. for him, but he doesn't have peers. And the idea is that his peers are all up on Olympus. But then in the next scene, he does get a flying horse. <laughs> yeah, that that's the idea. But like, like I read the song as like, oh, Hercules wants to feel like he belongs to a community, mm-hmm. right? Like he, like he doesn't, he doesn't fit in with this with his hometown because he's. A, a big strong guy and some and breaks things a lot yep. he gets that too like right like he 
by the time we get to the middle of the movie, like, he's a hero. Like, people love him. Okay, but... He has peers. He has two friends. He has, like, the adoration of the entire city of Thebes. And, like, yeah, he doesn't get to live on Olympus, but, like, that wasn't what he asked for. Those are not his friends. I mean, okay, Phil's his friend. But Phil's is like, mentor. And Pegasus. And Pegasus is his friend, full stop. But, like, there's this bit where he is mobbed like he's a boy band. And, like, mm. I just don't know if you can be happy being that famous. Like, literally, I don't know if it's possible. Uh, your brain would be so warped at that point. And I think that this guy who, fundamentally, the point is supposed to be that he's Superman. He's just, like, a normal dude who's super nice, but very strong. Uh, mm-hmm. the... It's like he he this still isn't where he belongs because it's like everybody's being so weird. But but Tony at the end of the movie yes, he I know, says I, that yes, that's where I he know, belongs. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but and and that's the thing is is like he achieves his goal halfway into the movie. It might not be what he thought it was, but like that's it, it's and that's this is the frustrating thing about this movie because Hercules doesn't have Hercules is is so nice and so stupid and he doesn't have any thoughts <laughs> other than other than I'm happy I'm not happy and it's like I need more of him thinking through things a little bit like he can be he can be like a dumb guy who's really nice but I still like like you mentioned Carrot earlier mm-hmm. in the Discworld novels and I haven't read the one that you mentioned but I read. When he is introduced in, I think he's in Guards, 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 or is it just Guards? One exclamation point. Oh, so close. Average it out. Is it Guards, Guards? It's Guards, Guards. Yell for him twice. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) When he's introduced in Guards, Guards, we get like a whole chapter of like, this is how Carrot feels about this. It's difficult in a movie. It is. It is. Because I sometimes get that problem when I'm reading a story where it's like, I don't know how you would make this scene in a movie, because what's interesting is what they're thinking when they're talking to each other, and you just can't mm-hmm. show that. Uh, so yeah, it yeah. is difficult to, to be like, so what's Hercules' deal here? <laughs> like, What does he want at this point? What does he want now? And he the movie, and the movie gets, the movie shifts its focus a little bit here. Uh, because it becomes a different movie at that point, but like, it's where the Superman analogy falls apart for me. Because oh, I I disagree because I think the best Superman movies are fifty percent about Lex Luthor. <laughs> like it's no 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 no, you misunderstand this guy. Okay, <laughs> you misunderstand the. I meant Hercules compared to Superman. The, oh, I see. The old, okay, the Christopher the Christopher Reeves version of the character specifically for all of the problems that those old Superman movies have. He does go back in time by flying around the planet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, those movies do a really good job of letting you know what Superman feels about stuff and his mm. opinions about society. And like, it's it's he does things and makes choices that are really fun and really funny and give you a clue as to like who Clark Kent really is. And like Hercules just never gets that. He and and it's because the movie doesn't care. I did wonder if this movie missed a little bit something by not having him have a secret identity. Right? Could you imagine? I don't know how you would do that. Yeah, I don't know either. But I do think that like the best scenes with Christopher Reeve are where he's like he like stands different and suddenly he's mm-hmm. Superman. 
And it's like, I I can tell it's still the same guy. But like, he stands different. It's, it's like, acting. this is his Superman stand. And even though he's still dressed like Clark Kent, you're like, shit, it's Superman's here now. And he like speaks just a little louder and more sure of himself. And that's the stuff that I feel like is really fun in those movies. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so Hercules meets up with Phil and is like, I want to be a... The very best, like no one ever was. Train. Well, he meets with Zeus first, sorry. Yes, he meets Zeus. Zeus, in... I think that this is a good comedic scene. Because he... Because... Yes. <laughs> the Zeus statue, which has to be like 20 feet tall. Based on a real place. Comes to life and picks up Hercules, and Hercules is freaking the fuck out, because at this point he thinks he's normal, and that gods yeah. don't do this. <laughs> I I would have loved it if he had, like, broken the arm of the statue or something. That would have been fun. <laughs> and then Zeus, Zeus gives him Pegasus, so now he can fly. He's like, I'm your dad. Uh-huh. This is your horse. You should go talk to this pervert so that he can train you to be a hero. What did you think about Phil being a pervert? I I I don't like I don't, I don't need it. So uh, I don't need it in this movie. I agree that I don't need it. It didn't make me hate Phil, and I think it's because I just know that satyrs are perverts in Greek myth. Oh yeah, that's fair. Satyrs are perverts in Greek myth. Satyrs are just like constantly horny and they just like can't do anything about it <laughs> there was a part of me that kind of wished this was karen or charon however you pronounce it i think it's charon because i think karen is more how you would pronounce the um guide to the underworld oh that's fair that's fair but i don't know i don't speak ancient greek the the um Same. the horse or even the, modern the, greek the centaur well i don't blow up my spot andy <laughs> I might speak modern Greek for all you know. I don't. I'm just saying I don't. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, the the centaur who uh, who did I think train Achilles in the in the Iliad, right? Yes. I don't know who Philoctetes is. Actually, I assume he's based on another mythical training I'm sure character. He's real. I don't know, man. I just, it's one of those things where it's like, I think Phil is a decent character. He's all right. But like, I just, it's one of those things where it's like, th th this movie's already so bloated with like bits that aren't funny. I just don't need this on top of all that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think like him hitting on Aphrodite at the end of the movie is really funny. I also thought that was really funny because I was like, oh, Aphrodite's just down to clown. <laughs> Yeah, because Aphrodite, but also the the like the power dynamics of that are like, yeah, Aphrodite's like a goddess. She's down to clown. Like it's fine. Him like preying on the nymphs. That's just like there. There is too much baggage there, mythology wise. I don't. I, you don't need it in this movie, guys. I like Danny DeVito. I think he's fun. I think he does a good job with this character. I saw an interview with them where they asked him about Hercules, and he had forgotten that he sang a song. And he was like, "That's so funny." And he was like, I "Saying that, did I?" Yeah, that's basically what he said. He was like, "Did I do okay? <laughs> did I sound all right?" And they were like, it "Yeah, it's good." good. Ah, uh, man, he he, um, you know, he, um, he was like one of the first people cast in this movie. That's a little weird. Yeah, like they wrote this character with him in mind. That makes sense, though. He feels like a Danny DeVito character. <laughs> if you squint, he could start to look like Penguin from the Batman. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. 
uh, Phil, after a little bit of back and forth, agrees to train Hercules and we get zero to hero, Mm. which is the showstopper of this movie. And it is maybe my least favorite song in the movie. I think I don't like a lot of the big Disney showstoppers. But this is, I feel like Zero to Hero is just like you heard it in all the trailers. Uh, Which is fair. It's a good trailer song. Yeah, no, for sure. It's really loud and bombastic. It's really colorful, too. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more. This is the most color that this movie has, which is really weird. Um, Because of like all the Greek gods being like one shade of a color. Mm-hmm. So then, after this, after Zero to Hero, which is a montage in which they train up uh, Hercules. No, excuse me, you're wrong. I'm wrong. You're wrong because this is not Zero to Hero. This is um the one one last hope. Yeah, where they where they train Hercules up, and now he's a hero because Zero to Hero doesn't come until act- until he actually starts killing stuff. Yeah, it's the montage when he becomes the hero. Yes, 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 yes. My bad, my bad. Yes. So in this one, he gets all trained up. He, he punches mm-hmm. sharks and whatever. And then they go, they're going to go to Thebes to do some real heroing. Yes. Thebes of the Five Gates. On their way, they are maybe like half a mile in the air and they hear a scream, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is wild <laughs> because Meg later says that she had this covered. She had this handled. She was going to deal with it. That is a fucking loud scream. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. It is. Uh, I love Megara. I think she is the best character in this movie for me. I just I love her, her, her whole panache. I like that she is the most, um, you know, like I said, Hades, Phil and Meg are all kind of done with the world. Like they're like over it and so burnt out. And the reason she's burnt out is because she was a good person. And, like, it fucked her up so bad. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think the, there's a lot of wasted potential for Meg. Mm. Um, I just, I wish that this movie had more of her, because she's she's great. She reminds me a lot of Esmeralda, but oh, the yeah. whole of Hunchback was, like, based around Esmeralda. She was, like, the mm-hmm. force in that movie that, like, tied it all together. And it kind of felt like Meg should be that, too. But maybe it's just because I would have found it more fun because she's a very fun character. Yeah, but I, I also think that it would have just been better for her character if that was the case. Because Esmeralda gets to be, as for all of the problems Esmeralda has, Esmeralda gets to be like a her own independent person. She gets to make her own choices and she gets to do stuff. And f- for all that Meg talks about being independent she really never gets to be in this movie. She never gets to use her position in the world to her advantage the way that Esmeralda does. The thing that, for better or worse, this movie is, and this is in a way how it's like a Superman movie, for instance, is everybody's lives are just revolving around Hercules. Mm -hmm. Like, Phil is defined by Hercules, Meg is defined by Hercules, Hades is defined by Hercules. None of them get to be characters if Hercules isn't there. Which, like I said, that's maybe for better or for worse. Oddly, because it's like about gods and titans, it feels like a movie that's on a much smaller scale than something like Hunchback, which had to take place in something that is more recognizably the real world. And so, like, it felt like characters had to be more true there, if that makes sense. No, no, I, I completely agree. I think the stakes also feel a lot higher in Hunchback. Like, even though technically they're smaller. 
But, like, when a giant monster just destroys an entire, like, farming village, and you don't get to see anybody running or screaming, you're like, okay, I guess that just happens. <laughs> I guess uh, I guess either, either nothing happened or a lot of people just died and we don't care. Yeah, it's like, it's unclear, shrug. Which would work if this was a story about being immortal and about how the gods don't care, which is, like, what... Um, that's a different like, movie <laughs> yeah yeah but that and that's the thing right is is like that this is not that movie like these these are not those characters that's not what this movie is about this movie is is so simple uh that it could be 15 minutes long ultimately i think it's because the 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 story of this movie is so simple right like uh-huh. hercules wants to be thinks he belongs in olympus beats up a bunch of dudes falls in love his love is abused. He gives up his power. He gets it back and, you know, gets to and then sacrifices it again to save Olympus and gets to Olympus. And it's like, it's just it's not a movie that's worth the runtime of 93 minutes. Hunchback of Notre Dame, for all of its problems, that movie's too short. <laughs> that movie needed more time to tell that story. I think that Hunchback aims so much higher, but in my mind, falls oh, yeah. so much more short because it's aiming so high. But I respect it. Maybe. I just, it's it's just, it it will continue having all the problems that you have with it, and they will feel worse because it's more down to earth. You know, like, that's my issue, is like... I get that for sure. And I guess maybe, I think, maybe Pocahontas. But other than that, there are, like, no other Disney movies that are doing that, right? Boy, Pocahontas is a box of scorpions. <laughs> Yeah, but Pocahontas is yeah, and Pocahontas is like untouchable. <laughs> Poca, Pocahontas is is poison. Um, but like, there is no other Disney animated movie that that tried as hard to be not for kids as Hunchback did, and still got a G rating somehow. And it's still got a G rating somehow. And like that movie is so fascinating to me as an object, whereas mm. this this movie like. Emperor's New Groove is this, and good, and better, and there is so little of this movie that I want to keep. And, and, and like, I'm not saying that, like, other people can't love this movie, because I, I kind of get why people like it. But, like, ultimately, there's just, it just feels so thin, like a string. So, they come across this uh, damsel in distress. Yes. Who, who is being attacked by this giant blue centaur. Yeah. Uh, who in the Hercules story, I believe this centaur is responsible for Hercules going crazy and killing Meg. So it is possible that they did, that they introduced this character on purpose so he could die very early. <laughs> Cause mm-hmm. I think he's dead by the end of this scene. <laughs> I think so. The Hades, Hades blows up his little figure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hades, Hades blows up his little figure, which to me is like, yeah, that guy's dead. That, that guy's, guy's on the dead. moon. Uh, <laughs> also, like, that guy, yeah. vo- voiced by Jim Cummings. I could tell. There were a couple Jim Cummings cameos. I was like, that's Jim Cummings. There he, um, he's back. Meg has a great line here. Yes. She says her name is Megara. Her friends call her Meg. At least they would if she had any friends. And yeah. she says it's so deadpan. It's a blink and you'll miss it line. Yeah, and and... <laughs> This is the first girl I've ever seen, basically. Like, it's just, like, super into her, just infatuated immediately, and and Pegasus is like, no, fuck this, and drags him away. And then they get to Thebes, the big olive, 
Thieves of Eight Gates. And nobody takes him seriously until Meg shows up again, which frankly, they should have known something was up because there's no way that she got here this fast. Right? <laughs> she she shows up again it's like oh there's a landslide crush some kids is bad yeah so in between these scenes meg goes back to hades yes because she was supposed to win nessus over to hades's side i think yeah for the big fight which seems weird because well although he has a lot of monsters that he was like throwing at hercules yeah maybe those were all the monsters he was going to use yeah because later he just uses the titans so this is when Hades finds out that Hercules is still alive. Yes, because she says some wonder boy named Hercules stepped in and Hades freaks out about it, which fair. Understandable. They immediately concoct this plan. So Herc is like, I'm going to go to this valley. I'm going to save these kids. Everyone's going to see that I'm a big, I'm a big old hero. Uh-huh. <laughs> Meg gets another great line where she tells him there was a landslide. And he said, that's great. She's, she goes, you're really choked up about this, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> he throws her on the back of Pegasus and they go. And then, and then, yeah, he lifts this rock off of these kids. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they did not actually have to be the demons in disguise, but whatever, it's fine. I, there are so many things things in this movie that are just the demons in disguise and every time i was like did this you don't need it doesn't need to be this guys come on they're they're also like a a two two animals from bambi earlier Uh uh-huh i just don't under i just don't get why 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 this is here he saves the kids Mm. puts the rock down and then he is beset upon by the most frightening thing i have ever seen in my life I, you know what? You and I are going to have the exact same note for this, so why don't you just keep going? <laughs> the, uh, th- this might be the most terrifying thing I've seen in a movie. Poorly applied CGI. It's just, it's just looking at this creature. This would happen in 90s Disney movies, right? Yeah. There would be a moment where they'd be like, well, this is maybe a little too complicated to do by hand. Or Mm -hmm. we have to take a shortcut here. And they would throw some CGI in there. And it is, you are, even if you don't like Hercules, 90s Disney movies look gorgeous. I would even say that all the 2D animated Disney movies look pretty gorgeous. Oh, yeah. But then this thing shows up and it's like, what are you doing here? Like walking in like he's one of the toys from Toy Story. (laughs) I <laughs> I was I was I I was listening to an interview uh of one of the lead animators of Beauty and the Beast. He was talking about the ballroom scene. Okay, so that is the one well put in bit of CGI that I am aware of in a 90s yeah, animated movie. Because and he talks about like the reason the reason we did it this way isn't because it was easier, but because it was harder. Like because doing doing that camera move right in that 3D space, like he was like he was like the original storyboard was just following them from left to right. That was it. And then one of the CGI guys was like, "Well, I want to do like I want to do the ballroom in CGI because I think it would look it would give it the depth that it needs to be bigger." 
And then mm-hmm. the animator who animated Beast was like, well, if we're going to have all this space, we might as well do a, a full <laughs> complicated waltz with the camera pulling out in a spiral. And then what? he had to animate that. <laughs> what the fuck is this guy's problem? <laughs> they had like no money at this point. He hated himself and loved his craft. That's what his problem was. But that's but that's the thing, right? Is, is he this was an opportunity for him. Mm-hmm. Um there is so much CGI in Hercules. Um there is so much CGI in Hercules and it's a shortcut every time. It's well, animating these columns falling like dominoes is too hard, so we're going to do it in CGI. This was also 97. It was becoming more common to do this. And yeah. this would oh, yeah. be done better, although I still would argue not necessarily well in stuff like um, Atlantis and Treasure Planet, oh, uh, yeah. where where the CGI looks more like it's supposed to be in that movie. It's integrated into the style. But, th- if, but what this really marks is eventually they're going to say, we don't want any of the 2D animation, and we're just going to make it all 3D, and it's honestly, it's going to look a lot worse. <laughs> Somebody looked somebody looked at this Hydra scene, <laughs> which is four minutes long and took two and a half years to animate and said, what if all movies looked this bad? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I said it looks like a Toy Story guy. It kind of looks more like a Shrek guy. Just like early, early CGI. Just a rough... It- it doesn't help that, like, the design of the Hydra looks so nasty. <laughs> Maybe that does help, though. Because, like, Maybe at does. least then I can look in the movie and be like, so this is a gross monster, is the point. <laughs> is this guy, mm-hmm. this fucker, gross? He fights the Hydra, kills it, kills it, it, it the worst way possible. He cuts off his head. To be fair, if there's a giant lizard with one head coming at you... Yeah. You don't know it's a Hydra. It's only when the heads start coming back that you're like, ah. Oh. Ah, uh, it's a Hydra. <laughs> and so then, like, he keeps he keeps fighting it because it's, it grows three heads every time one of its heads is cut off, which I think is actually even worse than a normal Hydra, which I think is just two every time its head is cut off. Uh, so then he has to, so then he gets into this, yeah, like this four minute fight where he keeps cutting off the heads. Mm-hmm. And Phil's like, would you stop it with the head cutting thing? Because now there are like a hundred Hydra heads. And eventually he just crushes it with a um with a mountain. I wouldn't say that you see Hercules thinking, but in a couple of these fights, they have a moment where they're like, well, he has to come around to this problem in a different way. And it's kind of nice to see him coming around to it in a different way, even if it is extremely basic, like drop a mountain on it. In the middle of, so, sorry, before the fight starts, mm-hmm. Meg has fallen in love with Hercules. I mean, okay, she she wouldn't say that. She, uh, she wouldn't <laughs> say that, but I, a person who has seen a movie. I think what it is at this point is that she's, like, Hercules is innocent. And she's like, she doesn't particularly want to be the one to, like, rob him of that. And she doesn't particularly want to see him get brutally murdered. She's She's got this job out of desperation. She doesn't want this job. I just, again, if Megara's gonna be this, like, femme fatale, like, cold-hearted, like, character, she can she can be rooting for the bad guys here, right? I, I, if the turn was a little bit slower, it's it's almost instantaneous. 
But um, the, the thing is, the thing is that, and I guess they don't reveal this till a little bit later, but yeah. Meg is not actually cold-hearted. She mm-hmm. just has, like, walls up. Like, she does the femme fatale thing because the last time she had a boyfriend, <laughs> she ended up selling her soul to Hades to save his life, and then he kicked her to the curb. She got orpheus Yeah, it fucking blows. And so, like, it's like, yeah, she's not actually that. She's just jaded. But that's the thing is, is I need her to believe her own. Like, it, it's, again, it just, it's, it's, if you're going to do a character like this, I need her to believe her own philosophy a little bit. I like that, because then it's just, it's just one of those things where it's like, there's there's no there's no stakes here, right? Like when at, later in the movie, when the movie's like Meg betrayed her, I don't think she wants him to be eaten by a hydra, but she's doing her job because Hades owns her soul. I don't think it's that complicated, <laughs> for sure. But like the last time she did anything for a so-called big buff nice dude, well, so she's not gonna help. <laughs> But but that's the thing, right? Is is like I want this movie to be as effective as possible, and I think it would have just worked a little bit if she, if if at the end of the fight, instead of before it happens, she was like, "Oh shit, maybe this guy isn't, maybe this guy isn't the template that I've cast him as in my mind." It would also add a little bit of depth to Hercules' character too through her, right? Maybe like he because now he can overcome her stipulations. At the end of the movie, Meg doesn't bring down her walls because of anything Hercules does. She just does because she loves him uh, now. She kind of might because I, it, it, he goes to fight the Cyclops with no powers. But she's already in love with him at that point. Yes. But I would say that she hasn't brought down her walls. She had a song about how she's not going to say she's in love with him. That's walls up. I don't know. <laughs> We're I a little know. in the weeds here, perhaps. <laughs> Maybe. So, okay, so we saved the kids. Now we get Zero to Hero. This is the showstopper. He kills a bunch of Hades' goons. He kills Scar from the Lion King and wears him in the next scene. He, yeah. Yeah, the lion. I'm glad. Scar. So Scar was the lion of Nemea. The Nemean lion, right? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. That's fun. And a little fucked. Because <laughs> they, like, throw around Scar's body in the next scene. That's true. They're just fo- they're just folding it and hanging it up with the laundry. It's kind of <laughs> gruesome. It's, it's a little bit horrific. Oh, no. Jeremy Irons. <laughs> oh, he, he, I don't know. I would love it if he talked. That'd be great. You know, why not? This movie's already so fucking dumb. Just have him be like... Are you quite finished with me yet? He just wanted the world. He just wanted a mouse. He only wanted eat. everything. Yeah. Is that so much to ask? It's pretty disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> to one of the greatest Disney villains ever, right? Like, he's yeah. a big guy. Is he in Kingdom Hearts? Is he one of the big guys? He's not a big guy in Kingdom Hearts. He's a lion. Uh <laughs> when you go to you eventually you have to fight scar in the second one but he's that's a shame i do remember somebody saying that scar should have been one of the big guys and it, sh- and it should have been just like yeah here's 
the god of death, here's Maleficent, here's here's like the uh, ocean devil, and like And a lion. Yeah, this lion's a fascist. <laughs> that's pretty bad though. I think that's worse than all of them. I mean to be fair, Hades is also probably a fascist. I think he's just misunderstood. He is running his kingdom terribly. Yes, that is true. The dead are getting no say in what happens. And, and as and they shouldn't. Come on. What are, they're gonna want things like amenities. <laughs> they're gonna wanna not be floating in a in a whirlpool for eternity. <laughs> I just think that if if hell was like was more of a lounge instead of a toilet bowl constantly flushing, it'd be nice. <laughs> He's like, I gave them a lazy river. <laughs> um. like, welcome to hell. It's like world's worst water park. Oh, God, where even are we? So, Zero to Hero, Hercules is it. He's the big kahuna. Yeah, so he's he's huge now. He is not, according to Zeus, a true hero yet, but he's like, and so he doesn't even know what a true hero is. And so he's, like, mad about it, because now he's a giant celebrity, but he's still not apparently a true hero, and he can't go to Olympus. And so Meg goes to kidnap him, because uh, Hades told her to figure out what his weakness is. Everybody's got a weakness. And she finds out that he has no weakness, That's and that's when we get, uh, don't, uh, I won't say I'm in love. So in the scene... There's this great moment in in this scene where they're, like, in this, um, statuary. Like, they're really close to each other, and she, like, bumps a statue of Cupid. Like, it pokes oh, her in the yeah. back. And she That's really glares good. at it. <laughs> like, It's good. That is a good joke. It is, it is very funny. This, I, this scene also has maybe one of the most tired jokes in it, where Hercules accidentally breaks the arms off of a statue and Meg says it looks better. Just mm-hmm. the fact that those two jokes are right next to each other is kind of amazing. It's kind of, yeah, it, the highs and lows of this movie, like, just yeah. in stark relief. And then, yeah, and then she gets her song. She gets her song, and um, it's like, I love this 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 idea so much, right? Uh, having this character who is, for all intents and purposes, like a Disney princess, trying uh-huh. to like fight the fate of of love at first sight. I feel like there are this and kiss the girl are like the only Disney like love songs. That I feel like actually a little bit capture what it feels to like start to be falling for somebody. Yeah, the the turmoil and the ar- the internal arguments that you have. Yeah, with where yourself. it's like the internal arguments of like, do I really like like this person in that way? And like, like with Kiss Girls, like, should I kiss this person? <laughs> and and I won't say I'm in love. It's like, no, nah, I'm like, I'm independent. <laughs> I, I'm, I, yeah, I'm I'm not, not dumb enough to fall for this else. again. I don't need this, and it's like, it's it's it can be hard to like. Because, like, feeling that powerful emotion kind of changes how you look at yourself. Yeah. And for her, it's it's explicitly, like, the last time I was in love, it sucked. Like, it was miserable. I don't want to do that again. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was used against me, mm-hmm. in a way. And, which I think is very, also very, like, poetically ironic, because now her love is going to be used again, but this time against someone else. Yeah. 
Because when she gets back to Hades, she's like, you're fucked, dude. He's the strongest guy in the world, and there's nothing you can do about it. And Hades is like, no, 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 no. You didn't see what just happened. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I got it figured out. He has a weakness. Also, I guess Phil kind of hears this, but he does it. I don't like this aspect because it sort of feels like Shrek fighting with Donkey, right? Yeah. Uh, where where it's like <laughs> Phil and Hercules have to have a falling out before the climax of this movie. But yeah. like, he, so he hears Meg and Hades talking for about two seconds and kind of does the rom-com thing of just like misunderstanding what's happening. Because here's the, the weird thing about the scene is that fucking he doesn't know who Hades is. He doesn't even react to it being Hades. Right. He says, Hades says something like, if I want you to kill Wonder Boy, or if I want you to burn Wonder, I forget what the thing is. And, like, they're having a conversation about killing Hercules, and he's, like, talking her through, like, I own you. And Phil hears, like, two seconds of this is, like, ah, the plotting against Hercules, but it's, like, way more important that Hades is plotting against Hercules than that Meg is plotting against Hercules. No. <laughs> like, identify Phil. the other guy. <laughs> Phil is in is in Zeus's phone book, dude. Like, and then like the next line that Meg says is like, "I'm not going to help you hurt Hercules." And so like, if Phil had stood there for a half a second longer, it bothers me that that's such a like rom com misunderstanding scenario. It it doesn't help that it's like so like the because the reason Phil is there right like the reason Phil is even there to overhear this conversation is because earlier when he and Pegasus are trying to get Hercules away from Meg he uh -huh. like comically gets hit by a branch right. so we have like a this is like a load bearing Looney Tunes bit <laughs> it's a load bearing Looney Tunes bit it's like it's like if wily e. coyotes smashed through the ground and ended up in an illuminati meeting yeah and then had to go tell roadrunner about it so they could i don't know it save ireland i would not watch that movie <laughs> looney tunes back in action too right like i just assume that this one is just about wily e. coyote and roadrunner <laughs> Uh, oh, it would be like that live-action Tom and Jerry movie. It would be like that live-action Tom and Jerry movie, which I don't think was good. No, it wasn't. So yeah, so Phil gets back and tries to explain all of this to Hercules. All of the two words he heard. Yeah, and Hercules is like, this must have been a misunderstanding. And Phil's like, nuh-uh. <laughs> Hercules, like, he, like, backhands him because he's frustrated. He, yeah, he, like, goes to push him away. You're right in that it would have been nice if the if the fact that Hercules was always holding back whenever he interacted with anyone was played up a little more. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, you see it when he's a kid that he, like, hurts people by interacting with them. Like, he crushes mm -hmm. Phil's hand the first time he talks to him. And he doesn't do that later in the movie. But, like, just the idea that, like, he has to learn to hold himself back all the time, and this time he didn't, and he, like, flung Phil across the stadium that they're in. It's, like, it's horrible, really, if you think about it. 
Yeah, is he he lit he, he he's constantly walking on eggshells. And I just think it's one of those things where it's like they this could have been this could have been a through line of the film, right? Like him wanting to leave home is not not just because he wants to find a place to be, but also because like like home is eggshells, but then finding <clears> out like the world is eggshells. And maybe I still haven't found a place where I belong. It would have been a bit a bit of a tighter fit cuz this scene works really well. And then a hot my little pony shows up. This is maybe the weirdest part of the movie. Just because <laughs> it feels so unnecessary. It, again, the 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 highs and lows of this film are so are in such stark relief here. Pegasus is like he is as smart as a human. Pegasus is a person, right? He's the animal sidekick in a Disney movie, which makes gives him like person status, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. He is a fully conscious being. He sees a sexy female Pegasus. My dude's name is Pegasus. There is not another Pegasus. <laughs> it's just you, my dude. He, sh- he should have thought this through. I do kind of like when he f- he follows the Pegasus into the other room and it splits apart before turning into pain and panic the demons. It's hey, that is straight up horrifying. That was this <laughs> that I was joking earlier. That was the scariest thing that ever happened to this movie. I was like, "Oh, whoa. It looks painful too." Yeah, it doesn't look good. He's going to be remembering this one. Oh, he you, you know he is never fall in love again this is his meg moment yeah (laughs) so pegasus gets locked into a a room he gets tricked and hades shows up with meg and strikes a deal with hercules i like how dismissive hercules is of one of the two gods he's met (laughs) uh until until hades is like i have meg (laughs) like boom here's meg now fucking listen (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, if if again this is not what this movie is right but like if this had been a movie where hercules was constantly interacting with gods and finding out that they're kind of assholes this would have played so much better where hades is like ah it's me and he's like who gives a shit man i think some of that might be in the uh, sequel that we're gonna watch and so yeah so so hercules strikes a deal with uh with hades when hades uh explains meg's whole deal mm-hmm Meg is tied up with with spooky smoke and she's like trying to tell Hercules not to listen. And Hercules is like, all right, fine. What do you want? You want my strength? You can have it, but you have to let Meg out of her deal and you have to promise me she's never going to get hurt. Yeah, he says promises she won't get hurt. And Hades, and I like this bit because Hades is in a fucking rush. Like he has to take over Olympus now. This minutes, this is, we are minutes away from, from the MacGuffin that we haven't talked about because it doesn't really matter in this movie. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter, but it is important to like tie Hades' motivation together. He's not planning to take over Olympus. He plans to take over Olympus by breaking the Titans out, but the Titans can only be broken out when the planets align a certain way. Mm-hmm. So he like, he has to fucking go. Uh, So he rushes through this without considering the implication of, yeah, Meg will be fine. If she gets hurt, you get your powers back, whatever. And then he leaves. 
Well, he bullies I guess Hercules he doesn't a little leave. bit first. He does beat the crap out of Hercules for a little bit. Not too much. Yeah, he, he bullies the shit out of Hercules a little bit here. Even taunts him a little bit where he's just like, and now you're just like everybody else. Isn't that what you've always wanted? There is also something there with the just like everybody else. I kind of wish that there had been a little bit more of a through line with that because it's just something he said to Meg at one point. Yeah. Because Hercules should wish that he was just like everybody else. But that's not what he actually wanted. It's not what he wanted. Yeah. But he did want a place where everybody was like him, I guess. So it's, uh-huh. it's, yeah. it's a little... <laughs> it's a little undefined, yeah. Hercules doesn't have his strength anymore. Hades goes and frees the Titans. I don't know if these are based on any actual Titans. I don't think so, though. They're really just like four elemental beings. And Cyclops. Yeah, and Cyclops. I don't know how I feel about this, because on the one hand... I think the idea is cool. The idea of the Titans being these like primitive elemental beings in contrast with the gods who are more human looking, but are in full control of the element. I think there's something there. I I think um, I think the video game Hades does a better job of it with chaos than how they do it here. Oh, I mean, chaos is a lot of fun. Um, but but in Hades, they are having a conversation with actual Greek mythology, which is the idea that, yeah, gods used to be harsher, and even the harsh Greek gods are, like, less harsh than the Titans. Than the Titans. Uh, and, and so, like, they're, like, mellowing out as you go along down the line. and Until you get, get to, to Jesus. Well, <laughs> I was going to say you get to Zagreus, the guy Zagreus. in Hades, yeah. who's like a chill dude. Uh, He's a chill guy. He's aight. Um, but he has to interact with his father, who is Hades, who has a short temper and is not particularly happy about running the underworld, but he knows it's his duty and stuff like that. And this version of the Titans, I don't think, are related to the gods. They are just elemental creatures that the gods trapped. That were, like, older and maybe more powerful than the gods, hard to tell. It's it's such a, again, it's such a, what is it? The idea is there. But, like, having an idea is the easiest thing in the world. It wasn't really fleshed out to its full potential in this, but I like it. And I like how they look. I do like the design of them. Where, the, like, the, the rock one has two heads. Yeah. And there's, like, a really, there's, like, a really pointy ice one. Yeah, who looks kind of like the monster from Cyber Chase or from Cy- from Cyber Chase from Scooby Doo in Cyberspace? He looks kind of like that. Oh, I don't know why okay. That... I think Cyber Chase was like a PBS show. It was a PBS show, and uh, that's my bad. <laughs> no, nobody in this movie looks like the hacker. I'm sorry. <laughs> there is a kind of a noticeable change in animation style here when the Titans come out. And at first I thought it was like, oh, it's because they're the type because this is like so the stakes have been raised so much. We're kind of shifting the animation style a little bit to uh-huh. signify that. But it, the movie just kind of stays in this place uh, until the, until it ends. And there's a reason for that. OK, I did not. I mean, I noticed the change. I didn't think to look into it. I thought it was also because Hercules was like fully mortal now. Yeah, the color palette for for him changes a little bit. So all the the Titans are going to go head up to Olympus and kill Zeus. Cyclops shows up and starts also beating the shit out of Hercules in a comical fashion. Here's the thing about this. 
I, I quite like, I, I like the idea of this too, because this is a moment of like, Hades doesn't need to do this. Hercules is beaten. This yeah. is like his, the, he, this will end up ruining him when all he had to do was just ignore Hercules. If he had just taken the W, right? Like if he had yeah. just stayed focused, but, but, but Hades is petty. Like that's like the one through line that his character has is that he's petty. He likes lording over the the win. So he sends his Cyclops after Hercules, and the Cyclops start beating the hell out of Hercules, because Hercules just doesn't want it to destroy all of Thebes. And Meg has to go get Phil, and Phil, I guess, helps Hercules? He basically says, like, oh, you can take him, and then Hercules just wins. And, her- yeah, Hercules uses his brains... A bit. I mean, to the extent that Hercules uses his brains, I imagine that there that what Hercules really does is there is an amount of internal geometry in Hercules's head where he's always calculating how to push something off of something or knock something into something, and that's it. Like that's all he uses it for. Yeah, he he defeats the Cyclops, but is is all plum tuckered out, and then this big ionic column is like, oh 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 no. It's time for me to fall. Ah. Yep. Ah. And so Meg pushes him out of the way, but she gets squished, which is too bad because she already looks a little bit anorexic. Uh. <laughs> she, 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 I think she could. I think she could have pushed him out of the way and just kind of slithered out of there. But <laughs> that's when we learned Meg was secretly a snake in a dress the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's a uh. she's a she's a gorgon uh, and she gets hurt. And so Hercules gets all of his powers back and he like yells as he picks up the column and gets his color back. And and he's like, what happened? And makes like, it's because I got hurt. You got your powers back. And I, if it were me, I would have like stubbed my toe. You and Jamie had the same thought. I don't think <laughs> she was thinking very logically at this point. Uh, but yes, if she had stopped thinking about it, she could have been like, hey, 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 Pegasus, bite me. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Real right now. Do it. Coward. And then we just let Phil sail out of this movie in a boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it feels like, well, I guess you did it. Good job, Herc. Uh but yeah, it does seem like she could have she could have like gotten a paper cut. Or maybe like if she just pinched herself, right? Like I'd, there must be a level of like what harm means. But a paper yes. cut could leave a scar. That could count. Uh that could count. So she gets squished, and Hercules gets his power back, and so he's gonna go beat up Hades, because he's mad, and mm-hmm. also, I guess, his all his entire extended family is getting captured, so that's not super oh. amazing. Yeah, while well, all of this is happening, uh, the the all of the gods have been kidnapped from Mount Olympus. I, okay, I do want to mention something that I think does tie into what you said earlier, about mm-hmm. how the the things that happen in this movie happen because the movie needs them to happen and less because they necessarily make internal sense. I do not know why the Titans are winning. Yeah, no, there's... More than that, I don't know why when Hercules shows up, the Titans stop winning. Besides that it's, like, faded. Because Zeus is throwing a bunch of lightning bolts to these titans and they're doing nothing later when he's freed by hercules he grabs lightning bolts boom blows a titan's head off so like what are we doing yeah what 
what actually changed other than Hercules is here now. And that's, and again, like this is, this is, again, this is, this is, I think the result of just like, uh, of that kind of becauseism, because like you, you think about like, um, Ragnarok, right? Not the, not Thor Ragnarok, the film, the mythological tale Ragnarok. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of like ambiguity around that myth, but like one of the reasons why is because the myth kind of, by virtue of its explanation is like, yeah, like it's the end of the world because we don't, we don't know what's going to happen if all of these mythological beings duke it out. No holds barred because that has never happened before. Sure. There's some of that, but there is an aspect of Ragnarok that almost goes in the other direction. I don't know if you know this. There is a God who has a really weird boob. Has a bo- uh, did you say a weird boob? A weird boot. It's oh, made okay. from the boots. It's made from the pieces that are cut off of every boot when what? you make a boot. Yeah. It's and a, it's just okay. made from that. I believe he uses it to kill Fenrir. <laughs> like, okay. Just like sticks his boot in his mouth and like pulls up and like tears him in half or something like that. Like some buck wild thing. So like... What I'm saying is Ragnarok is a little bit better defined because, like, they had these myths to base it off of. You know, Hercules, I feel like, is less well-defined because they are picking and choosing what myths to use. And they got a very light touch on it. That's the thing, though, is, like, in the in the myth of Norse mythology, this kind of, like, knockout, dragout battle has never happened before. Uh-huh. In the myth of Greek mythology... It happened. The 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 Olympiads won, right? It, and it was no contest, or it was a contest, right? But like, <laughs> well, a lot of them got eaten. There is, there is, yeah, there is an understanding <laughs> that if this were to happen again, Zeus and his cohorts would win again every time. Yeah, that's sort of the point. And that's why the ti- even though the Titans, uh, some of the Titans have been locked away in um in Tartarus. The mm-hmm. rest are just kind of not doing anything about it, because, like, what's the point? Even if we got him out, we would lose again. Yeah, and it's... I mean, real Greek mythology is a little more complicated, too, because it's like, I don't know, a lot of those titans basically just transferred to gods. Like, one yeah, of the titans is sides. Gaia, and it's like, I don't know where the line is with Gaia. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> the, the literal ground we stand on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I, no, absolutely. I guess she's chill. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think there's a certain amount of like the movie shows us the fact that this fight happened before. It shows us it happening again. And like the only difference is that this time Hades is on the Titans side, but he's not doing a lot. He's just kind of watching it happen. Yeah, and I mean, maybe he's because he's capturing the gods, but even if it was just like lined up that like, yeah, they got Hephaestus really early. So Zeus didn't have any thunderbolts. But yeah. they seem to get Hephaestus pretty fucking late, actually, because Hermes goes up to the- Zeus says, I need more Thunderbolts, and Hermes is like, Hephaestus is captured, we're all captured, I'm being captured right now! <laughs> that's a great- that's a great joke, by the way. Yeah, Hermes being like, joke. I'm here to bring you the news that I've been captured. <laughs> yeah. That's a good, good Hermes-level joke, too. Any iteration of Hermes, I could imagine having that joke. Like- Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I hate the design of Hermes in this, by the way. I looked it up. He just looks like the guy who voices him. 
Yeah, he's like a popular late night musician or something. He was like. Yeah, he was like Letterman's sidekick for a while, for a long time, yeah. actually. So if you ever watched Letterman, the, you know, musical guy with the glasses. That's, this is him. I am convinced that May is psychic. Or, okay. <laughs> because as we were watching this because movie. Because she's when reading my mind right now. She No, yeah, as we were watching the movie, out of nowhere, she's just like, I think Hermes is a, is a late night comedian. Out of nowhere, just hits me with that. And I was like, well, now I need to look this up to see if it's true. And lo and behold. He's explicitly a late night comedian, yeah. <laughs> uh, she just got that vibe from his whole shtick. Yeah, so the gods lose, Hercules shows up, and then the gods win. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hades is like, I can't believe this is happening to me, uh, but I know something that Hercules doesn't, which is that Meg is about to die. Yeah, which is, like you said, just petty. It, like, it's not a win. <laughs> no. But, but I will say, how does this motherfucker know Meg is about to die? Just knows <laughs> this. He just knows this. No one tells him this. Oh, no. It's because he, he owns her soul, maybe. Maybe. That's the best you I would, could. <laughs> you would think that he would then also know that no, Hercules I know, I got. fucking did it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And well, maybe he felt that Hercules was close to death. It was like, yeah, they did it. <laughs> Good enough. I don't have to keep an eye on it. Um, we get an amazing scene of the fates, like, drawing up her thread and cutting mm-hmm. it. It's good. I like it. There's some... This is just good imagery. Um, yeah, it's very good, especially because then later they'll try to do it with Hercules and it won't cut. I kind of cut. wish that the fates had been a little bit more... Like, about halfway through, I would like the fates to have done something. Uh, to have made, like, the moment when they cut Meg's string, like, really hit you. But I think it's pretty good anyway. I feel like when you see the trailer for this movie, you expect the fates to be a bigger deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I expected them to be a lot like the witches in Hamlet, where they just like they give a prophecy and then they leave. So when they came back at the end, I was like, oh, okay, they're they're doing something. Mm-hmm. The witches in Hamlet come back too. Oh, do they? I guess they do. Yeah, they get like a second act <laughs> prophecy. <laughs> prophecy. Yeah, yeah. The 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 woods would will move and all that stuff. Yeah, and Tolkien's like, what? Why didn't the woods move? They said. They said it would. They said that a man wouldn't kill him. They said that uh, only only not a dude could kill him. <laughs> That's what they fucking said. All, all of Lord of the Rings is just based on uh, Tolkien being mad at Shakespeare. He thought it was a cop-out. <laughs> yeah, it's some bullshit. I could have believed that his wife would kill him. Yeah. Like, I could have believed that turn, because she th- they were both going off the deep end pretty bad. For sure. I mean, she went off a deeper end than him, I think. That's a tower joke. Speaking of deep ends! Yes, speaking of the deepest it. ends you could go off of. Um, <laughs> Hercules goes back to Phil, and Phil's like, sorry, Meg's dead. And he's like, no, she's not. Uh-uh. Because I know where she's going. I don't know how he knows how to get into the underworld, but he fucking does. He fucking he just he rides Cerberus into Hades throne room, which is cool. It's very cool. <laughs> like, where was this movie the whole time? And and he says, OK, I'm going to exchange my soul for Meg's. And Hades has this great thing where, like, it, it's mirroring the last um, deal they made where Hercules is counting down. 
And Hercules, and, and he's just like, uh, is there a downside to this? But then, yeah, he's like, all right, go get Meg. If you can get her out, then she can leave, but you're going to die before you can reach her. And he jumps into the pool because you're mortal. Idiot. This, this toilet bowl of souls is, is, is the underworld, I think, in the mm-hmm. metafiction of this world. I have seen a lot of soul natos in my in my time. Oddly enough, now that I think about now that I say that out loud, <laughs> I did not like that action movie. Soul Nato Two was better. Soul Nato Two was better. Uh, it's basically the same movie, but better somehow. <laughs> um, this might be the worst animated one. Okay, how many soul natos have you seen? I've seen at least four. <laughs> I need you to like list a soul nato for me. Okay, uh, there is a soul nato in Mortal Kombat, the live action movie. There's one in the in the in the second one as well, but I'm not gonna count that one. There's a soul nato in that movie. There is a soul nato in Bleach. I believe there is a soul nato in Naruto, but I'd have to double check that. It might not technically be a soul nato. There is a soul nato in this movie. I'm also not gonna count the soul natos that I've seen in the in the Mortal Kombat video games. Um, and there is a. <laughs> Uh, they're all they're all one soul NATO. They don't get to be multi counted. I'm not that petty, right? Sure. And there is a soul NATO in, I believe, Shaman King. Oh, there's a soul NATO in um in Yu Yu Hakusho. A lot of soul NATOs in anime. I am sorry, I asked. Um, I'm positive there's a soul NATO in Kingdom Hearts, but that might just be the one from this movie. I've played a anyway. lot of Kingdom Hearts. There's a <laughs> something. <laughs> yeah. The reason I'm I'm harping on this a little bit is because it is just it is just a bunch of JPEGs kind of floating around. And thinking of like in The Lion King, the mm-hmm. way that they animate the smoke in that movie and they give it kind of like they give it a character, right? Like it moves in a way that like you don't expect smoke to move in Scar's Lair specifically, I mean. And Disney has done this a lot where they'll like they'll they'll have these like ethereal smokely like they'll make it move in a way that's human. Right. It'll turn into a <laughs> like I'm thinking of also like Frollo's um, uh, Hellfire. Right. Like trying to think of what it was. And I think it's Hellfire. Yeah. Yeah. The, the way that the fire transforms and moves and like the smoke reaches out and like grabs him by the nose almost pocahontas might do this too one of her songs maybe her i want song or something i feel like there's something there i can't remember what it is absolutely right but like i'm saying that like disney has like a history of like knowing how to do this in a way that feels primal right it feels inevitable (laughs) the natural world moves the way humans do because humans are also nature and they don't do it here here it's just jpegs floating around and it's like I don't know, for all of the art direction thrown around in this movie, the fact that they don't have any here feels weird. Feels rushed. I can see that. It also does the classic Disney thing of, at one point he reaches into the water, touches it, and his hand turns all old. But then when he dives into the water, it's clearly like 10 feet down. And then when he climbs out of the water, it's 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 obviously it's like, like two right inches away about yeah so it's like uh this whole movie has blocking problems like that like when he's fighting the hydra at first it's like the the most like contained canyon in the world with all of the uh-huh. people sitting in like a on like a staircase but then later it's like this wide expanse 
Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I feel like it's really bad in this movie. It happens all the time. Like when he's fighting Cyclops too, right? Like uh, he's like running around this auditorium, but then all of a sudden they're at a cliff's edge somehow. Yeah, I, d- I mean, I didn't know where that cliff came from, and I don't know if that was on me or on them. So I yeah, didn't absolutely. mention it. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Uh, doing animation is hard. I Sorry. assume there I, are cliffs in Thebes. Like, yeah, it makes right. Sense. It's 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 not that it's not that I'm mad that there's a cliff there. It's just like you need to you got to set up the stakes. You got to block the scene, right? If uh-huh. I'm watching a stage play for 50 minutes and there's like a railing, and at the end of the stage play, somebody picks up the railing and goes, "Actually, this was a bazooka the whole time." I'm going to call bullshit. Like, no, that's fucking great. Actually. Really. That think is, about that what is, you just said. That, that is, that is amazing actually. But, 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 but like you get what I'm saying, right? Like there has to be, yeah. there has to be a level of expectation. You have to do setup and payoff. And like this movie frequently will just change the stage, change where characters are to make. And I don't know why. And I, I have a feeling it's because it's easier to animate this way is, was the reason why. And that's just, Animation is hard, but the amount of times that they do it in this movie feels like they are just like not there's no passion in it or at the very least no investment in making this movie function as an animated film. Anyway, he saves Meg. He saves Meg. <laughs> <laughs> he he becomes a god halfway into saving Meg, which is great for him. Um <laughs> I gotta say fu oof. I know. Okay. I don't want to pick this apart because I think it works and I think it's fine. Yeah, I know. I but, think this scene functions as a, as a, a standalone thing. But really, I would argue that the moment he became a true hero was probably when he had no powers and decided he had to fight the Cyclops because it was going to hurt people. So at that point, he should have become a god. But that would not have the same dramatic tension as all this other stuff, so whatever. Uh, so this climax is, like, finally over, right? <laughs> like, yeah, it finally. It, it, like, this This actually, this final fight scene kind of dragged on for a while, and I'm not saying it was, like, super boring or bad, but it's a little surprising out of this movie because it's, they sort of hand wave so many fight scenes. Yeah, to, to spend so much time on this one. Yeah, but then it's like, yeah, all the Titans and Hercules getting beat up and all this stuff. It feels like wheel spinning a little bit. So then he starts ascending to Olympus. Yeah. And everybody's like, you did it, you made it. And he's like, actually, but if I can't bring Meg, I want to be on Earth. And they're like, well, okay, that's it. I guess you have to stop being a god to do that. I think so. I don't know, man. That's what happens. So he forsakes his godhood to be on Earth, which should really be more disappointing to his godparents, but whatever. Uh, Yeah, it it really should. Well, they're his real parents. I mean, the other ones raised him. (laughs) That's fair. Ooh, you're right. That that was my bad. You're right. (laughs) He decides to stay with his real parents. Although, to be fair, Zeus and Hera wanted to raise him. It's not like they, like, threw him out or abandoned him. He was kidnapped. So they, uh, yeah, and then the movie just, like, wraps up, like, super quick. He gets his, he gets a constellation. They're like, oh, look, it's Phil's boy. And they, like. Phil gets what he wants. They get, like, happy music and it's, like, over. 
Is there like another hot horse for Pegasus? Does he get uh, squared away too? Or? I fucking don't think so. I'm trying to remember. I genuinely don't remember. But yeah, the movie wraps up. It ends. Oh, oh, there is a bit where finally, because we didn't mention this, Hercules and Meg do get to kiss only in front of his godparents. <laughs> they keep trying to kiss in this movie and they're interrupted multiple times. <laughs> This is pro- one of the most intense makeouts I've seen in a Disney movie in a long time. <laughs> it's charged, man. Like these two characters want a bone. So what did you think of this movie, Andy? Uh, well, did you stick a did you stick did you stick around for the end credits of this one? I stuck around for some of them. Why? Was there like a postscript? Like a post scene? No, no, just just uh uh what did you think of the cover at the end of this movie of Go the Distance? Oh, I did not stick around that long. It was still playing um, the final song. Uh, the uh, oh, so you left early? Okay, cool. That cover sucks. <laughs> it's really. Oh, okay. I, I, it's it's it, hey, I I don't think "Go the Distance" is that good you of a don't song. Like but Go this, the Distance, so I don't know. But if this, this is cover, be fair. no, this this <laughs> cover, I was like, that's unfair. <laughs> that's <laughs> bad. You can't do that to this song. That's disrespectful. You know, I don't like that song, but like, it's not like that song was a Tarzan song. It was rough. <laughs> um. The credits in this movie were pretty interesting because they divided up the credits by character and the animators and voice actors who worked on them. I thought that was cool. I wish Disney still did that. actually is cool. I would love to see that more often because I feel like that's an important aspect of like how these characters are made, you know? Yeah. That's great. I don't know. I like this movie. I think at a certain level it holds up. It didn't sound like you enjoyed it very much. I found myself strangely annoyed by it. And I and I and I think a big part of that is just cuz like this movie should have been an easy home run. Disney doing a Greek myth. Like come on. That is that that is such a like base level opportunity. And in a way it was an easy home run because I don't think this movie is that good. This is the last mediocre Disney movie that like really makes a profit. Um like really makes a profit. This movie made like hundreds of millions of dollars. But I, I think what I felt watching this movie was a lack of direction and just a lack of really of commitment to the idea. And that really frustrated me because I like Greek mythology. I think that there is a real opportunity to do a kick-ass Disney movie using mythological characters. And this movie just misses the mark in so many ways that I just ended up being really frustrated well, then you'll be really excited to watch a sequel. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be so excited. I also think that like Disney is like the standard of 2D animation. And like I said, this and I've said this a lot in this podcast, and I really mean it. This movie feels doesn't feel as big or as grand or as beautifully animated as anything contemporaneous to it. Right. Like there is no moment in this movie where I felt awed by the power of animation in the same way that like Hunchback of Notre Dame. You know, when you see Paris, you're like, fuck, that's Paris. Yep. You couldn't do that in a live action movie. When you see Aladdin and like just the 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 scene of Aladdin where he escapes the 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 tiger's mouth. Just there's a lot of stuff in Aladdin where I'm just like, this is fucking animation. This is <laughs> it, right? Even Treasure Planet. That mo- I don't like that movie. That movie's got a lot of problems, but there are things in that movie where I'm like, holy shit, no movie looks like this. And this movie just felt really underwhelming to me. You know, like when you see Thebes, I didn't get hit with it. I wasn't like, oh, my God. Even Olympus feels a little bit. 
I don't know, flat. Olympus feels better than Thebes, though. Because there is that the, that first panning shot of Olympus that I, I quite like that de- like that design. It reminded me a little bit of the um, of Atlantis actually, where you get that big panning shot of Atlantis, and then ever since then you don't really see Atlantis anymore, and it'll also look different the next time you look. That's true. It's true. Usually, the thing about these movies that saves them for me is the animation, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I just wasn't there, and. And I think a part of that was because this I, I looked into the production of this movie because I wanted to know if my feeling was just me being being petty. <laughs> but this movie was this movie was done as an exchange, basically. The directors have had been wanting to make Treasure Planet since 93 and were told, make this Greek movie and we'll let you make Treasure Planet. Looking at all of the behind the scenes stuff, it just this is a movie full of compromises and full of people who wanted to work on other stuff and had to work on this to do it. Except for Danny DeVito. He was Except here for 100%. Danny DeVito. He wanted to be in this movie. Ready to do the work. And also, except for the voice actress who played Megara, who had been auditioning for Disney roles since Beauty and the Beast. Could you imagine if Ariel sounded like this? That would be so weird. She has a great voice for Meg. I don't know if it's where I am as a young adult, but I more and more enjoy these slightly older mm-hmm. uh, yeah. D- Disney uh, heroes or the, the secondary characters who are just like... Adults just wandering. Well, yeah, and like the, the main characters are like so bright eyed because it's like this is my first adventure. And the side characters like, all right, calm down. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Meg does feel like somebody who's rolled credits on a couple of movies before this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's sort of the same energy. This is a weird pull of like Rapunzel and Flynn, where it's like Rapunzel's so psyched to be out in the world, and yeah. Flynn Rider's like, all right, calm down, just. It is kind of the same relationship, actually. Now that I think yeah, about it, yeah, where it's like where it's like one of them's a little bit more burned out and a little bit more um, world weary and more aware yeah. of how the world is, and so like accepts the bad stuff in the world. And this other person's like, I'm not going to accept any bad stuff. I'm always like looking on the bright side, and then they like again the story like revolves around that. So it's very similar. Maybe that's why I like Megan this one. Heck, Esmeralda feels very similar to somebody who has lived a life in a way that Quasimodo hasn't lived. And the story revolves around that there too, which is kind of yeah. fascinating. And not in a good way, but in a way that is fascinating for those characters. I feel like it would be in a good way if they made it work. You know, like that could have worked really well there. It could have. It really could have. The and the, oh, and the other thing that about the production of this movie is that starting with the release of the Titans. Oh yes, I wanted to hear this. From there until the until the end of the movie, that entire last like ten to fifteen minutes, like the whole climax, basically. Yeah, that was animated by a different studio. Who is it Disney Japan? No, this was done by Disney Paris. Paris, I wouldn't have even pulled Paris out of anywhere. <laughs> they they were the ones who did um, Mickey's The Prince and the Popper, and they they also had a hand in a couple of like early direct to video sequels. Right, they were they were part of that stable of studios who did like TV stuff and direct to video stuff. And they pitched in for some movies, 
like they had a full staff there, like a hundred animators or something, but like they were just handed the entire last like 20 minutes of this movie. Huh? And from what it sounds like, nobody from the main studio went out there to direct them on it. So they just had to like figure it out, make this look as good as you can. And on top of that, the lead creative director was some British guy who I've never really heard of. They they brought him on because they wanted this movie to look and like Mr. his art style. Monty Python. Mr. Monty Python. No, a different <laughs> British guy. Uh, he might have worked with them, actually. I don't know. But he's he had worked on some other animated stuff before. And they brought him on because they wanted they wanted the movie to look. They didn't want the movie to look like a quote unquote classic Disney movie. That's why the movie's art style is so weird is they they brought in this guy to like mm-hmm. do their art direction but he like refused to go to the studio. He worked entirely from <laughs> home and would fax them his concept art. Oh my gosh. And would go to the studio like once a week. There's like a video clip of him like talking to one of the lead animators. I think it was the lead animator for Teenage Hercules and he just walks in and he's like you made his his feet are too big. You need to make his feet smaller. I told I sent you a note 2 weeks ago to make his feet smaller and it's like dude <laughs> you're never here. It felt so gross. It felt so it felt very cringy, you know, of just like yeah, this guy does feel bad. This is not a Disney guy. He's never worked with them before. And to have him just walk in and tell like a veteran animator that he doesn't know what he's doing. It just felt really gross. And like, yeah, and this this whole movie is that kind. It's 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 it, I saw that and I was like, fuck, that's why Emperor's New Groove happened the way it did. This whole thing's falling apart. And like these two directors were so obsessed with their fucking like windmill, their Don Quixote of Treasure <laughs> Planet that they just didn't. They just weren't there for this movie in the way that they needed to be. Treasure Planet, a movie which would fundamentally work less than this one. (laughs) If it wasn't for its kick-ass art style. I mean, it has nice sales, Andy. (laughs) They're cool sales, though. They're cool sales. What if boats in space, man? There were space whales in that movie, too. When we when we watched Treasure Planet, I feel like we talked about how the world seems like a really cool world and the story is very boring because it's just Treasure Island again. Uh, but what you really want is you you want like, I want a movie where it's boats in space and I don't want it to be that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want <laughs> I want everything that this movie's giving me visually. I just wish it was doing something else. Yeah. Maybe Moby Dick. Oh, space Moby Dick, man. I could see something there. If only Disney didn't only know how to make terrifying whales. Whales. No, you could do, you want Moby Dick to be a terrifying whale. Yeah, here's the thing. I don't think Disney could or should do a straight adaptation of Moby Dick, even in space. No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) It needs to be very gay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That wasn't serious, but as I said it, I was like, it probably could be. Did you see that that tweet where somebody found their like grandfather's copy of Moby Dick and they like underlined a passage and just wrote homosexual question mark next to it? The the main character is talking about how his life was awful and it's a lot better now that he like sleeps in a big room with sweaty men. <laughs> like But specifically Queequay. Oh well he's like giant and muscly. 
Ed, dude, I love the the the. We, we're not going to talk about what we did. I love that the first time you see Queequeg in that book, he is shaving his chest with a harpoon. <laughs> anyway, so it, it's like, yeah, man, you got it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Direct a Video VHS? VHS. I have been your host, Tony Robusto. I have been your host, Andy Reyes. I did not think we would spend this long on this movie. I thought this would be kind of a swish of a movie. I I I am sorry. I didn't expect it to get to me. I watched it last night and I was so upset. I was so upset last night. I couldn't it, it was kind of cathartic. <laughs> Tweet about um, it at Theater Pass. <laughs> find me at spermatruvits.org. Uh, you can find me at my other podcast, timeunderpictures.com. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're doing stuff. We're editing. We're in the middle of editing. And if you want to contact us directly, you can mm-hmm. email mail at direct2.video. Yeah. Uh, you can suggest some movies. It's been a while since anybody suggested movies. A lot of the last ones were anime movies, and I do not have the heart to watch that much Digimon at once, I don't think. No. I those movies are bad, dude. Are they? <laughs> those Digimon movies are not good. Anything about Digimon? I like them as a kid, but I I think it's the type of thing you outgrow. Yeah, no, for sure. It doesn't have the staying power that that Yu-Gi-Oh does, or even that like Pokemon does, where it's like oh, absolutely, this... absolutely. Oh, we have new music. Yeah, we it's do. Be coming up over my voice probably about now. It is Homeward by Scott Buckley. Nice. A big thanks to Scott. Yeah, and we have changed it not for any particular reason, except that I think that this sound better identifies like the type of podcast we do. I wanted to say a quick thing about the planet Trappist-1E, because <laughs> I looked it up. I'd never looked up this planet before, even though we used the song that was named after <laughs> it this whole time. <laughs> All right. Uh, in in 2018, research determined that of the seven exoplanets in Trappist One, Trappist E has the best chance of being Earth-like. Yeah, and there is a good chance that it's even habitable. Now that might be because we don't know very much about it yet, but that's still kind of cool. It is very cool. There is a planet out there that might have life and almost definitely has oceans. <laughs> Of, like, water and not of, like, molten metal, like some of the planets we found. <laughs> it's like, this place is great, guys, but the ocean of mercury, <laughs> it's put a little bit of a damper on things. It makes it a little toasty, I don't know. Also, it makes everybody into the Mad Hatter from Alice in Wonderland, and it's just a bad time. Yeah, there's not enough tea. <laughs> so, homeward, Scott Buckley, link in the description. <laughs> Also, uh, please, if you can, you know, give us five stars on iTunes or the podcatcher of your choice. We always appreciate it. Um, we don't do any marketing. Uh, we don't do any outreach. This, it's just, this is just kind of a passion project for us. And um, you, you, people getting the word out is kind of the only way anyone hears about it. Uh, we're watching next week. Uh, not, oh God, next, I need to stop doing that. Next it's time. Not, it, there is no, no world. <laughs> <laughs> no world in which it's next week but next time we will be watching Hercules colon zero to hero zero to hero the interqual 
that interqual. Are any of these interquals going to be good? Let's find out. <laughs> you like Fox the Hound. <laughs> I, I, listen, I, that, I do. That's not, that doesn't mean it's good just because I like it. <laughs> In fact, I would say I love it. That movie gave me an eternal bit that I do to this day. On to Raji. On to Raji. I am the ghost of John Smith. Uh, I, I, wait, am I trapped in the Wikimedia zone? No, it's a Soulnado. And it doesn't help that Phil keeps yelling to get up on the Hydra's back. Yeah. That was a Kingdom Hearts reference. How is that a Kingdom Hearts reference? Well, because Phil doesn't say that in this movie, but he says it a million times in Kingdom Hearts. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I thought you were telling me that Phil says this in the movie and that's a Kingdom Hearts reference. And I was like, when the fuck did Kingdom Hearts come out? <laughs> that would be fucking hilarious. <laughs>